0: The answer, Yes, indeed
2: it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer, as we get underway at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Monday, the 18th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2019, week number two of the biggest scam, the biggest sham, the biggest hoax, the biggest witch hunt. Can I find any more synonyms in American presidential, if not American governmental history? That is where we find ourselves today, and I do appreciate you being with us so that we can talk about it together, so we can learn about it together, and so that we can have some great discussions with people like Congressman Jim Jordan, who will be joining me in the second hour of the program this morning. Actually, I'm trying to confirm the time right now. Congressman Jordan's representative, he was going to come on at his normal 9.48 time slot. Uh, his representative asked me to move it back into the 10 o'clock hour because their morning meetings got late on the hill, got started late on the hill. And so we're confirming the time, but right now it's looking like 10.35. So if you want to hear from a man who might very well be considered the superstar of the uh, impeachment inquiry hearings. And, and I say that not, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't consider himself in that. And you know to be that, uh, you know in that vein. But I, I I consider him to be maybe the biggest heavy hitter that they have going. Great work being done by a lot of folks. Don't get me wrong. Um, great work's being done by a lot of folks on the Republican side on, uh, behalf of the President of the United States and in defense of, I'll continue to say it this way, the presidency, which is truly what is under attack here, by a lot of folks, including Ratcliffe and including, um, uh, Nunez, uh, the uh, ranking member and so on and so forth. There are a lot of guys, but, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, who was put on the Intel Committee specifically for this reason, um, Continues to see his star grow and with great reason. So, uh, Jordan will be on with us at 1035 this morning right now. Uh, so we'll say that, uh, we'll pencil that into the schedule at 1010. This one is inked in. However, we're going to talk with Professor Jason Hill. If you recall on last week's program. Midweek, I shared with you uh, a, a pretty good-sized portion of an open letter written by Professor Jason Hill to um, UN cr- uh, climate bully, um, the 16-year-old kid uh, who decided to come to the uh, to the UN and uh, and just dress down the entirety of the American population for stealing her childhood. For how dare you to steal her childhood? You remember the story uh, because of uh, the planet 's going to be dead in ten years anyway. she has she dropped out of school she has no interest in going to school. she has no interest in uh, uh, studying for a future that isn 't going to exist unless we turn back the clock and go back to uh, you know prairie day, days uh, no more no more internal combustion engines, no more uh, carbon emissions going into the atmosphere because uh, that 's what it 's going to take. So anyway, the open letter from Professor Hill from DePaul University to Greta Thunberg I thought was just a brilliant and brutal takedown, not just of her, and she deserves it. I don't want to hear any more about her sixteen years old. She's sixteen, you can't talk to her that way. She's a child. Do you get you know, do you feel good about yourself uh dressing down a child in such a way, blah blah blah? No, she's playing adult games. She deserves adult responses. And uh, But the uh, taking down of her and the entirety of the uh, climate change nonsense is, uh, is brilliant by Dr. Hill. So he'll be joining us at 1010 to give us a more personal discussion of that. So that's coming up on the program. But we want to start today where else can we start obviously other than with the impeachment uh, sham/scam slash scam that is going on yesterday is always it's always good to kind of catch up on the uh mood on the hill from some of the sunday morning talk shows and i want to play a little bit from this including the uh, gentleman that is going to be my guest at 10:35 congressman jim jordan who went on face the nation yesterday and uh kind of laid it all out in 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 very brief terms too you don't need 20 minutes to say what he said here in 38
3: seconds well, remember- when this all broke,
1: and the attempt what, did the tell us? You. what did
3: the Democrats tell us? There was a quid pro quo. The scary thing is the Democrats have been out to get this president. Mm-hmm. I, I was struck by listening to Speaker Pelosi's comments. Her answer to your second question, mm-hmm. she used the word imposter. I'm talking about the president of the United States who 63 million people voted for who won an electoral college right. landslide and yet these democrats have been trying to get him the start of this congress Congresswoman yep. Sleep said she wants to impeach him before any evidence five members think about this I understand. five members of the of the democrat five democrat members on the intelligence mm-hmm. committee have voted to move forward with impeachment even before the whistleblower complaint was filed and when, remember when this think about that for, for a second think won- about
2: that for a second in 38 seconds he laid it out the democrats First of all, Speaker Pelosi called the duly elected president of the United States an imposter. What is an imposter? How would you define an imposter? I I would say somebody who is uh, a phony, a fake, who is in a position or is portending to be uh, something that he or she is not. That's an imposter, right? She's saying that Donald Trump is pretending or portending to be the president of the United States, and he's really not. He's an imposter. Think about what that says. And, and that's what Jordan said very clearly in Face the Nation yesterday. That's telling 63 million people you didn't vote for him. It's telling, uh, you know, the, the states all across this country that gave him an electoral landslide victory, which he had, uh, that that didn't really happen. He's an imposter. He's a fake. He's a phony. He's not really the president. Think about what that says. All right. That, that's number one. And then number two, what, which he correctly points out is that the Democrats are not responding to a phone call made on June 25th of this year to President Zelensky of Ukraine. This impeachment proceeding is not the result of that phone call. And we know this because Democrats voted to begin impeachment proceedings before the whistleblower ever came forward. So what are they what are they why are they impeaching? Now they're saying, well, it's because of Ukraine. Wait a minute. How many of them, he said, at least five of them have come forward publicly saying, we need to impeach this president before that phone call ever became public or became, you know, the whistleblower ever came forward even to uh, proper channels or even to the Adam Schiff staff, which is where he started this whole mess. They were saying, we need to impeach the president. Rashida Tlaib showed up on Capitol Hill. On the day of her swearing in, had a swearing in party, and in front of her young daughter, shouted to the crowd and into a microphone, we're going to impeach the mother blanker. I, I mean, wait a minute. That was back in January. Phone call took place in June. Or July, rather. But this back in January. We're going to impeach the mother blanker. We got people saying, impeach him now, impeach him now before the phone. So, what Jordan said yesterday, again in 38 short seconds here, is that this entire thing is a sham. And he's 100% correct. And so is um, Representative Steve Scalise, who also spoke on this yesterday. And by the way, I want to thank the President of the United States uh for making this easy on us. Uh, President <laughs> President Trump has been tweeting a few of these things yesterday and this morning some of the best clips of the day on on uh, on the uh Sunday morning talk shows and uh, making it easy for us to digest these things. So I want you to listen now. This one is uh Steve Scalise on Fox News Sunday with leftist Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace don't let him fool you into thinking he's actually conservative. He's in uh you know or even impartial. He's not. He's clearly left of center and he treats most of his right of center guests in a host with a hostility that he does not show his left of center guests. At any rate, here's Steve Scalise.
3: This is an important point, Chris. There are a lot of people who worked in the Trump administration who have very countering views to that, and they've not been allowed to come forward. So it's nice that some people can say one thing about a third-hand information phone call. There's something else that other people can counter that with, and they haven't been allowed to come forward. But ultimately, President Trump and President Zelensky were the ones on the call. Both of them said there was nothing wrong. The foreign minister of Ukraine just came out a few days ago to clear some of this up, to say there was never a link he, he, between he wasn't.
2: money. There was never a link between money or aid going to Ukraine and any investigations that were being asked. Nothing like that took place. Scalise is right. Now, the president tweeted this, uh, retweeted, rather, <laughs> excuse me, Steve Scalise, um, who tweeted his own appearance there on Fox News Sunday with this language, Schiff controls who testifies. Schiff controls how Republicans use our question time. Schiff controls who gets rele- or what gets released, rather, from his secret depositions. Schiff shuts out witnesses who would contradict his one-sided narrative. This is what Pelosi is calling fair. It's a sham. Those are the words of um, Minority Whip Steve Scalise after his appearance on Fox News Sunday yesterday. The president, by the way, busy this morning tweeting as well an hour ago, saying, never has the Republican Party been so united as it is now. And that may be true. 95% approval rating, he says. This is a great fraud being played out against the American people by the fake news media and their partner, the do-nothing Democrats. The rules are rigged by Pelosi and Schiff, but we are winning, and we will win. He then tweeted uh, about 23 minutes ago, quote, and actually, hold on, I'm going to have to refresh this because it looks like that's the second half of a quote. It begins with an ellipse. Yeah, here we go. He said uh, 25 minutes ago, our crazy do, uh, in ellipsis, excuse me, our crazy do nothing, and then parenthetically, where's USMCA? Infrastructure, lower drug pricing, and much more. Speaker of the House, nervous Nancy Pelosi, who is petrified by her radical left knowing she will soon be gone, Parenthetically, again, they and the fake news media are her boss. Suggested on Sunday's Deface the Nation, (laughs) he calls it Deface the Nation, (laughs) that I testify about the phony impeachment witch hunt. She also said, I could do it in writing. Even though I did nothing wrong and don't like giving credibility to this no-due-process hoax, I do like the idea and will in order to get Congress focused again. Strongly consider it. Holy goodness, that's, that's, kind of, that's, that's kind of earth-shattering news, to be honest with you. The President of the United States tweeting directly 25 minutes ago that he will consider He says, Nancy Pelosi suggested on Sunday's DeFace the Nation that he, the president, testify about the phony impeachment witch hunt. He is saying, and I quote again from his tweet, I like the idea and will, in order to get Congress focused again, strongly consider it. The president strongly considering testifying as a witness? I would say this, Mr. President be afraid. Be very afraid. This is something that um we talked about at great length during the, uh, the Russian impeachment process. And I mean let's call it what it is. You know, the, the Russia collusion investigation that was another attempt to impeach the president, because remember, they decided to impeach a long time ago and they have been spent they have spent the last three years searching for the reason, searching for an, an excuse. They they turned the criminal justice system upside down rather than seeing a crime and then trying to find out who did it, and then trying to prove that point in court, they decided who committed something, and then it went in search of a crime for the last three years. Donald Trump has been convicted in our eyes. Now let's go find something on which to base that conviction. So they tried it with Russia, and they wanted him to testify then. And attorneys far and wide advised the president the same way I will right now. I'm not an attorney, but I can speak for or speak to what attorneys have said to the president you never agree to, a, a, to be sworn in under oath to testify or to give a deposition under oath. You never do that if you don't know what the other side knows. And since Adam Schiff has kept so much of the testimony that has been given behind closed doors in the basement bunker of the Capitol building, Since he's kept so much of that quiet and has released only select transcripts that advance his agenda and their narrative and not the rest of it. Since we don't have the rest of it, the president doesn't know what they know or at least what they've been told. And that's how they trap him. They set him up in a perjury trap. Because they know things the president doesn't know that they know, and then they're going to ask him a question, and if he answers it differently, I won't even say dishonestly, differently than some of the witnesses uh, already have, now they're going to try to trap him in a perjury charge. So no, Mr. President, do not strongly consider this at all. This is nothing but their attempt to reel you in and remove you from office, and I'm sure you realize that. But I do like the tweet. It is interesting. Maybe call her bluff, but don't don't ever sit down with these people because they are that blatantly dishonest. All right, it's nine twenty one. We're going to quick time out here. I do welcome your phone calls at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. We're going to be guest free here in this first hour. It appears Congressman Jordan. I just got confirmation. Will be ten thirty five. So we have no guests in the first hour of the program. So if you would like to weigh in on what has happened over the weekend, if you would like to weigh in on this impeachment sham, this mockery, this sham mockery, if you will, uh, by all means, let's hear from you. You can also tweet to me, t- uh, Facebook. Facebook. Facebook comment to me or parlor comment to me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, right here on AM 1420
0: The Answer. WHKradio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast.
2: 926 now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer, looking at the weekend's actions uh, as it pertains to the unholy witch hunt uh, against President Trump. The uh, witch hunt 2.0, 1.0, of course, was the Russia collusion witch hunt. Now that fell flat on its face when the Mueller investigation proved nothing other than that the president didn't do anything wrong. Uh, now it's 2.0 with the Ukraine. I, I, this has not gotten enough play. I got to hit this real quick. Then I'll go to some calls. And if you're on hold, stay there. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. This, I mean, honestly, if you're looking for something, here's 24 seconds to, and some of it is silence, some of it is dead air, which you'll you'll understand in a moment. 24 seconds that explain the entirety of the Democrats' case. Okay. This is Republican Representative Chris Stewart questioning former Ukraine Ambassador Marie Ivanovich. 24 seconds that, that
0: really crystallize all of it. Listen. Madam Ambassador, as, as you see it here before, us, very simply and directly. Do you have any information regarding the President of the United States accepting any bribes? No. Do you have any information regarding any criminal activity that the President of the United States has been involved with at all?
1: No.
2: That's it. The dead air I was referring to is about two seconds between question and answer each time as the ambassador searched in her head for a way to handle this and was forced to admit the truth. No. And this is a witness? Why do the Democrats continue to bring witnesses forward who haven't witnessed anything? I want you to think about that. They keep calling witnesses who haven't witnessed anything. Have you witnessed the President committing any crimes? No. Have you witnessed the President... uh, Are you even aware of the President accepting any bribes? No. Then why are you here? This is the entirety of the Democrats' case. We have to call people to try to impugn the credibility of the President of the United States, even though they themselves have zero credibility. They have nothing. David in LaGrange. Hi, David, you're on the air. Go ahead.
0: Yes, Bob, I have to agree with you about Trump testifying. Uh, Yeah, I agree it is a trap, but maybe he should go and testify. It seems anything the Democrats do or the left, it seems like Trump should do the opposite of what they say.
2: Well the opposite the opposite of what they say would be to not testify because Nancy Pelosi is suggesting that he testify.
3: But I think maybe you should
0: testify, call her bluff, and then she'd probably change her mind and said, oh, well, we don't need him to testify. Oh, I see He's what you're saying,
2: of... yeah. I see what you're saying. No, if he ever offered to sit down with them and then actually followed through, my friend, I mean, it would be, it would be a disaster, because that's how Bill Clinton got popped. Bill Clinton actually officially perjured himself because he lied under oath about not having any uh, you know sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. The basis of the impeachment with Clinton was legitimate because he did lie. Under oath. Um, you can't put Donald Trump down under oath and then ask him questions about things that the the uh, questioners know the answer to that he may, he may not. Because then if he answers, even if it's innocently answers uh, with a different answer than what they've already been given, they can say, well, no, it's already been proven by other witnesses that this was the case. You said the opposite. Aha, you have perjured yourself. Even if it may not be perjury, it may not be completely uh, in line with what they've already been told or accepted as evidence, and therefore he faces now a perjury charge, and you do not want to put yourself into that situation. But I do think it's interesting that at least on Twitter is willing to call their bluff and say, I might actually strongly consider this, but let's just make sure it stays on Twitter. All right, 930 news time now. You dial me at 216 next. 9.35 now the Operance Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to tell you about something else that happened over the weekend, aside from the uh, impeachment uh, nonsense and more closed-door hearings. It'll be back to being open testimony today. And, again, we'll discuss all of that with Jim Jordan coming up at 10.35 this morning. But um, you remember Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't talked about him for a while because he has, tr- well, He has, despite his best best efforts, essentially faded into obscurity. It's been three years since he took took the field in a National Football League game. I think his um, highlight moment of his last three years was several months ago this year, Nike unveiled a campaign uh, featuring him as a spokesman. They paid him over a million dollars, reportedly, to be the face of the campaign, which was headlined something like, even if you, uh, no, how was it? Uh, believe in something even if it costs you everything. Something in that vein. And it was, well, This Colin Kaepernick was, was the feature story there. He was the, he was the guy who believed in something so much so that he was willing to give up his entire career for it. As if he was given a choice in that regard. Um, and of course, we know the story. Colin Kaepernick, who was a failing quarterback. At one time, he was pretty good. Uh, the last two years, he was in the league. He was terrible, and as a matter of fact, he was uh, cut by the. He was going to be cut by the Forty Niners, uh, but before they gave him a chance to do that, he went ahead and quit, thinking that he, you know, meaning he did not um, uh, re-sign a contract because he thought felt like he could make more money somewhere else. Come to find out, nobody else wanted him, and it was probably in part to his his play, but a lot of it was also in part uh, due to the fact that he was a giant pain in the a. With his kneeling at the national anthem, his incredibly disparaging and disrespectful comments and actions toward American police, his phony uh, accusations of police brutality uh, aimed at minorities and uh, in all of these things. Um, he's just a pain in the A activist who has never won in the early part of his career. Then he met this, uh, uh, girlfriend of his, uh, who is an MTV or a VH1 or somebody spokesmodel type person. Uh, but you know, one of these pop culture social activists is what she is. And she turned him into a, him into a social activist. Suddenly he's wearing socks with pictures of pigs wearing police hats on them to practice, essentially saying that cops are pigs. Suddenly he's tweeting and Instagram photoing pictures of modern-day police badges side-by-side with slave patrol and slave catcher badges from back in the uh, uh, pre-Civil War days. Uh, He is wearing t-shirts paying uh, homage to Fidel Castro while proclaiming to be looking out for people who are oppressed you got all of this nonsense. So for the last three years, he has been unemployed in the National Football League. He has dropped you know, statements on Instagram and on social media from time to time claiming that he's being blackballed and all he wants is a chance to play. And he shouldn't be blackballed. His advocates, his surrogates, if you will, have said the same thing. Colin Kaepernick is being treated unfairly because he's a minority who had the guts to, to, to uh, engage in peaceful protest by kneeling, during the national anthem, uh, in support of what he believes in, he deserves an opportunity. The NFL. He even sued the National Football League, charging the owners with collusion, saying that they put their little heads together and illegally, in violation of the National Football League's um, collective bargaining agreement, that they colluded with one another and said nobody sign him. We won't sign him if you don't sign him. Let's all let's all agree not to sign this this guy. He's a pain in our rear ends. Um. He had to settle that lawsuit. The NFL gave him a couple of nickels to go away because he had no case. But they didn't feel like spending millions in attorneys' fees dragging this thing out. This thing out to prove they had no case. it was cheaper for them to say, "Here's a couple of nickels." And we know it was not a large settlement because if it had been, uh, he would have talked about it. He would have he would have made sure that everybody knew how much he collected on this thing. So he's still begging for a job, allegedly. He's still begging to, to have the blackballing of him lifted so that he can go back to and continue his career. So after all of these months, or actually these last three years, the NFL says we're going to do something unprecedented for him. We're going to, now this, this by the way, may have been. Nobody knows this yet. This is just my suspicion, and some other people have suggested the same thing. This might have been part of the settlement of the collusion lawsuit against him, against the, the league that the league will organize something to help him get back into the league, back into, you know, in, in, to, to get a job with one of the teams. So the league organizes this past Saturday a uh, league-wide personal showcase for Colin Kaepernick. It's going to be held at the Atlanta Falcon Stadium, and all NFL teams were invited to attend to send scouts or general managers or personnel people or whatever to watch him work out to see if maybe, hey, the guy's still got some skills, and maybe that's somebody we'd want, to, we'd want to take a flyer on. So they scheduled this thing for him, unprecedented, on Saturday at the Atlanta Falcons Stadium. 28 of the 32 teams had committed to send representatives to watch him and give him an opportunity. There would be a throwing session, a skill session. There would be an interview session, so players could ask, or teams could ask him anything they wanted. Uh, No media was going to be there, but they would record everything and send his workout and his interviews to all 32 NFL teams. A pretty doggone good faith effort here to say, we're going to give you a chance to sell yourself to see if there's a team that would like to sign you to be their backup quarterback. Nobody's going to sign him to be their starter right now. So an unprecedented thing. And so what happens? Literally at the 11th hour, one hour before the workout was to take place, Kaepernick pulls the plug, says, I'm not working out there, not at the NFL stadium. Cites some ridiculous language in the agreement, to, you know, the, the, the liability waiver that he has to sign, uh, citing some ridiculous uh, language there and says, I'm not doing it there. He says, I'm going to throw and do a little workout at a high school about 60 miles away from that Atlanta Falcon stadium. Essentially telling the entire NFL, here's a hoop, you jump through it, and come and watch me throw 60 miles away. Well, most of the NFL said, go pound salt. Only eight teams sent representatives to follow him from the Falcon Stadium to the high school field that he threw on, um, on Saturday uh, in a different part of Georgia. I don't even know where it was, doesn't matter. Best part of this is this. He showed up to his workout at that high school wearing a T-shirt that had a name on the front of it. It wasn't the name of a sponsor like Nike. It wasn't the name of a National Football League team, certainly. No, the shirt that he showed up in was a shirt that said Kunta Kinte on the front. Now, anybody with an ounce of sense or anybody who's over probably 25, I guess, I know my kids didn't know Roots, which uh, I think aired in 1977. I was 10, and I saw it, and I watched it, and I was like everybody else, horrified by the representation of, of actual slave times. It was just barbaric. But at any rate, um Kinte, of course, was the uh, uh, the original member of the uh, Alex Haley uh roots, you know, his family ancestry, obviously, and he, of course, was captured and taken as a slave, and and the story about his descendants going all the way through to Alex Haley was the story of roots. At any rate, Kunta Kinte, as we know, was a slave, and Colin Kaepernick wanted everybody to know that's how he views himself. He wore a shirt saying, Kunta Kinte. In other words, I'm still a slave. Now, never mind the fact that that, uh, Colin Kaepernick is only half-minority. Because he's half white, and he was raised by two white parents, and he was raised in a pretty affluent lifestyle, and suffered no, um, uh, none of the types of of, of uh, unfair treatment or uh, any kind of disparaging treatment or any kind of um, what's the word I'm looking at? discriminatory treatment because he's half black and half white. Uh, he actually grew up pretty doggone well. And But he wanted everybody to know that he's a slave. So he wore a Kunta Kinte shirt to a place that he was not supposed to be throwing the football, instead of the one where he was, and essentially sent a message to all of the teams saying this, I'm a slave, your owners in the NFL are like slave owners, and he's not the first one to make that comparison, by the way. You guys are slave owners, I'm still a slave. Oh, by the way, please offer me a job. <laughs> He wanted no such thing. For the last three years, he has done one thing, religiously, and that is attempted to score more victim points. I'm a victim. I'm a martyr. I'm being blackballed. I'm being discriminated against, and this is all because I engaged in a peaceful protest in support of something I believe in, which is uh, uh, opposing police brutality and opposing the oppression of, of uh, uh, minority people. That's it. That's all he's wanted to do is score more victim points, more martyr points. He wanted to expand his martyrdom brand. That's it. And so he sh- doesn't even show up at the NFL's unprecedented, it's it's weird when I say this because of the irony involved, they, they, they came to Kaepernick on bended knee to say, here, Colin, we'll do this for you. And he blows them off, goes to his own workout thing, runs it his own self, his own way, with his own receivers, at his own location, and then dared to tell the NFL, I've been waiting and ready to play for three years. Stop running. But meanwhile, he's telling them, I'm a slave, which means I'm going to continue to be the pain in the A, social social justice warrior, social justice activist, divider, manipulator, that I have always been, if you sign me, this is what you get. I'm going to pretend to be a slave. I'm going to I'm going to divide people in the locker room. I'm going to divide your fan base. I'm going to divide you from the rest of the owners. I'm going to divide the media because I'm going to be right back in the public eye doing the exact same thing I've always done here. And what does that mean? It means quite obviously that he does not want to be signed. Who would spend... You know, who would risk what team? Would you want the Browns to risk that? Would you want, if you were a fan of any team, would you want to bring a guy on board to be your backup quarterback, which means he's not even important, really, who's going to bring all of that division to the locker room and all of this controversy where everything is going to be about race and his views on social justice? By the way, he doesn't even have legitimate views on social justice. Because he claims to be looking out for people who are oppressed, and yet here's a guy who goes to Miami, home to hundreds of thousands of maybe millions of Cuban Americans whose families and ancestors suffered horribly as political prisoners under the regime of communist Fidel Castro, and he shows up on Miami, up in Miami, wearing a Castro shirt, intentionally to alienate people there so he would not get signed. The Seahawks offered him an opportunity about two and a half years ago to come up and work out and maybe join the Seahawks. And he wore a similarly divisive uh, uh, shirt there to announce to everybody, I'm going to be a pain in your A. And they said, yeah, well, we're not interested anymore. Denver offered him an opportunity. Every opportunity he's ever been given, he has sabotaged. By announcing he's going to be a social justice warrior wherever he goes so that they won't sign him. And then he can claim again, what? Martyr, martyrdom, victim, victim points. And guess what? He has millions of supporters. I know that sounds crazy, but he does. That's why Nike gave him a, a million dollar contract to be their, to be their spokesman because Nike knows he's got millions of ignorant, blind, deaf and dumb fans who think that, yeah, I'm Team Colin. All he did was kneel during the anthem to protest police brutality. What's wrong with that? And the entirety of the story is so much more than that. He doesn't want to play football. He wants to play victim. Moreover, he wants to play the idiots who support him. So there's your update as this pop culture war. And, you know, I, I could I could probably, I don't know if this is going to come up on Thursday night or not, but in case you didn't realize, uh, Thursday We have our War for America Soul Tour going on. And we're going to be on stage at the Holiday Inn Rockside on Thursday night. Peter Kersenau will be with me, as well as, of course, Hugh Hewitt, the ringleader, and the brilliant Dr. Sebastian Gorka. And as we talk about the War for America Soul, part of it is the culture war. Part of it is the pop culture war of which sports is a part and how we can either be manipulated by or influenced by um, people who are, you know, public figures, these entertainers who think that they really do kind of run the narrative—singers, actors, movie stars like De Niro and the others who are uh, 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 anti-Trumpers. Uh, you know, and and then of course athletes like LeBron James, another punk liar, just like Colin Kaepernick, another punk liar. Um, who, they don't believe in anything. LeBron James, who backed the communist, the Chai the communist. Chinese government instead of backing the people of Hong Kong uh, who want to be free and then he comes here and tries to lecture the United States of America for oppressing its people particularly minorities these people are very very powerful people they they can influence and move millions to buy their bs narratives If we don't push back with the truth. So I just spent a 15, 16, 17 minute segment pushing back because that story needs to be told. And we do need to push back. This is part of the quote unquote war for America's soul. And that event, by the way, on Thursday, as long as I'm on it, uh, all of the VIP tickets are gone. There are a handful of general admission tickets still remaining. Uh, you can get those at whkradio.com, as well as the Barbecue, Brew, and Hue tickets, which is the pre-event event, which is uh, happening there inside the club at the Holiday and Rockside, the Impulse Club. A great opportunity to go out there and sample some of the best brews, brews in the world, talk uh, sports or talk politics, talk impeachment, whatever you want, with Hugh Hewitt on a personal one-to-one vases. Get your tickets for Barbecue Brew and Hue as well at whkradio.com. Back after this.
0: Now heard through downtown through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM it's the Bob France Authority. The crowd
1: that has a
3: And a lot minute decision yesterday Kaepernick
2: switched the location of his NFL arranged workout at the Atlanta Falcons
3: state-of-the-art practice facility to a high school stadium about 60 miles away Kaepernick's reps say he switched locations because the NFL denied his request for all media to be allowed into the workout to film it and for an independent film crew to be there to ensure transparency. His reps also say the NFL demanded that he sign
2: what they call an unusual liability with that addresses employment
3: related issues the NFL says it's standard
2: it is standard and everything about this uh, is is about a show that's why he wanted the media to be there that's why he wanted his own personal media company there so that he could put on a show and expand his woke status that is all it was about and it should be called out for what it is TJ in Cleveland wants to call him out hey TJ go ahead
3: yeah you know Bob This Kaepernick and a lot of these sports people, you know, these uh, athletes, they think they're the center of the universe. Well, you know, they're not. Uh, They call it a player's league. No, it's not. It's a fan's league. The fans pay the salary. The uh, fans pay the bills. And when this guy came out with his racial bullcrap, many of the fans said, well, we're going to protest this. And it resulted in tens of thousands of empty seats in stadiums. When are they going to get it through their head? They play at the whim of the fans. And if you tee off enough of them, you're fired. And that's the bottom line. We're the NFL, not the players and the owners.
2: And you know, the best part about it, TJ, is, is they didn't even fire him. He quit. He, he, he did not sign a renewal of his contract with the 49ers that he could have. Now they may have cut him afterwards, you know, which is their right, but, but he did not. He walked away from the 49ers and honestly thought he could make more money elsewhere. Uh, he was not fired. He was not cut and he has not been blackballed. Teams have looked at him and said he had really, really poor success in his last two years in the league anyway. So if we did sign him it would only be to be to be a backup quarterback and who wants to deal with all of this controversy that comes with him for a backup quarterback it's just not it's not worth you know it's it's a build risk versus reward he, the reward on him as a backup quarterback is not worth the risk of all of the fracturing in the division that he can cause among the locker room and as you said tj since it's a fans league among the fan base of any team that might have been interested
3: no that's absolutely the truth because, you know, had a team signed him, most teams, uh, I think you would have seen a lot of empty seats in their stadium.
2: No doubt Lots about of it. Empty seats. No doubt about it. Uh, even if they right.
3: re-signed him now as a backup. And like you said, he wasn't that good to begin with. And, and you know, he acts like he was a Tom Brady you know, yeah, you, he
2: you, he had a really great year when Harbaugh was there, and they went to the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about that. But then the league quickly figured out how to defend him, as the league is good at doing. And if you can't adjust back and fix what you do, then then you're not going to be successful. He couldn't, and because he has got a limited skill set, he couldn't do it. And uh, and obviously, this is where we are. So uh, thanks for the call, TJ. But you're right; it is a fans' league, and the fans absolutely are tired of this man's game. With the exception, of course, of his you know social justice uh, followers who love everything that he does but uh but his uh, his weekend I think exposed the truth here he does not want to come back and play he's not being blackballed he is playing the system
0: Professor Jason Hill joins us next right